Hello and welcome to another episode of Punk Goes Pod. Lighten up a little bit. Smile. Give us a smile. I just learnt that... um, You look so much better when you smile. You're going to be really into this. I just learnt that New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax starts tomorrow and that's a month long of wrestling. That's so much wrestling. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm just not as amped as I could be. Right about now. This is going to be my level for the entire episode, by the way. Episode three! Yeah, episode I, three. I, I think until we get to the very end, every episode, I'm going to be like, hey, we're still doing this. Yeah, I think so too. It's starting to feel very real. Like, yeah. I finally finished designing our logo. Great we- logo, by the way. Oh, thank you. Which, I, well, I'm not, I'm not sorry for it, but... Apologies and air quotes to Fearless and whoever designed the first Punkos series compilation cover. Yeah, the first Punkos pod. Puh. I almost said Punkos pod. pod. Puh. Yeah, basically it's like a... It's that thing of like, is this just ripping off or is it a tribute? So this is... It's very much an, a tribute. Uh, we have a cat doing gymnastics in the room right about now. So... Rather than pausing every time he does a barrel roll, we're going to just keep going. But back on the topic of the the artwork, who was the guy that that, that created Supreme and basically he took someone else's logo? Yeah. You know, it happens. It's not okay, but in this sense, we're not using it for a commercial purpose. I don't know, I'd like to make money. Yeah, look, wouldn't we all? But... I read, um, apparently lots of younger folk are quitting their, their sort of, you know, nine to five desk jobs and becoming podcasters. Nah, sounds about right, So this is me formally staying at my job. I was about to say, (laughs) I was about to say, if you announce that you're quitting your job, then... I'm, I'm staying at my job. Yes. For now. Because, let's be real, who needs to hear two more millennial white people? The question is, do we need to have yet another podcast in the world? And the answer is yes. They need ours. Yes, they need ours. Beyond that, I I don't know, I don't really care. Fair. Yeah. 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 You know, every, we, could, we could be the sole podcast. Podcast? Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'd like for the McElroys to stick around at least. You listen to a lot of pod- different podcasts, I... so yeah, you'd probably be pretty gutted if there was a. Yeah, I'd feel very lonely. Yeah, I'd be very lonely if I didn't have my regular pod schedule. It's honestly gone to the point where it's like, hey, hey I'm a living, breathing person here. You'd be lonely. I'd be lonely at work. Okay, then. And on the train, and on the bus. All right, all right, all right. And on walks, and at the gym. All right, all right, you made your point. I'm not at all those places. Definitely not at the gym. (laughs) I'm barely at the gym at the moment, let's be real. You're at the gym more than me, so. But yeah, I basically just have a rotating schedule of podcasts. Monday through Friday. Oh, there's 
couple of weekend ones, but that's usually when I catch up on ones I haven't listened to yet. But it's it's not a problem, but it's it is again one of those things that I'm becoming that podcast person at work. Hey, I got a great podcast for you to listen to. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying that's the kind of person. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just like, oh, you listen to podcasts. What should I listen to? Actually, I do have a really great podcast that you should be listening to. Yeah. Punko's Pod. Fair. Yeah. It is fair. So this episode, should we do a bit of banter, a bit of vamping, or just get straight into it? Well, how's your week been? Oh, you know, not not too shabby. Not too, not too problematic. No issues no nothing great happened just another week yeah my work email got hacked or one of two that's unfortunate you know but hey maybe the the hackers advertised something really cool for you to buy it did not this is just not working funny memes no it's not no so this episode of punk goes pod with a d i was gonna say with a d not a g but that would be punk goes pog Punk goes Pog, weren't they? Uh, Remember we, Pogs? Well, we had Tarzos. Yeah. We, we had did. Tarzos over here in Australia. We did. But I'm pretty sure they're the same as Pogs in other countries. But that's that would be the start and end of Punk Goes Pog, was that five seconds of us saying, we had Tarzos. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-award winning podcast, Punk Goes Pog. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Punk and Pogs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode of Punk Goes Pod is going to be slightly different in format purely because this is the first episode where we are dealing with one of the Punk Goes acoustic songs. So of course we won't be comparing two artists, it'll just be comparing a regular recording from one artist versus their acoustic rendition of the same song. Correct. So in that sense, we're thinking we'll probably take this as an opportunity to do a little bit more of a deep dive on the band themselves, on the song itself. Um, like, obviously the internet exists, it's a thing. If you were genuinely keen to completely delve into every band that we study, then we won't give you all of the info. But yeah, we'll... I know that the acoustic guitar hurts some people's ears, but, you know, we are still talking about a punk song. This is true. So, and I still maintain that it was relatively, because it was 2003, the album came out. Yep. So that was at the time when I was listening to this music, and I can recall other people that listened to this music that I was around with, they liked these songs. They were into the acoustic yeah. renditions, the acoustic covers of people's own songs. Yeah, so for sure. I still think it's valid. They might be shorter episodes, which I have no problem with because it means less to edit. I'm sure you guys are not too bothered by that either. <laughs> <laughs> Considering last week's episode went for about 90 minutes. Yeah. And we're already nearly 10 minutes into this one, so... Although we'll be editing out about two to three minutes of... You don't need to tell them that. Look, we uh, could we could release. I was I was revealing where the secret treasure was hidden out in Guatemala, and now you want people to not know that. So you don't want people to get treasure. We could monetize this. We could record record. We could release the full recordings. Ah, I each bit by bit. Yeah. I'll reveal another location, another thing to find that will reveal you to the treasure. 
but spoiler the treasure is friendship so the friendships you formed along the way yeah yeah damn it we lost our money okay so today's song that we will be looking at is called velvet alley and it is by the band strung out yes Strung Out. Sam, do you have much experience with the band Strung Out? I have a little bit of experience with the band Strung Out. Um, My first summer working customer service in a bottle shop, I worked with a guy named Jim. And Jim and I had a couple similar interests in music. We both liked Pantera. We both liked Down. um, And we both played guitar. But that's where our interests basically diverged. (laughs) So, his two favourite bands were the Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana. Sick. And my favourite band was the Black Dahlia Murder. And I was listening to Death and Emperor and Suffocation and that sort of stuff. But he said to me, I've set up a studio, why don't we get together and form a band? And I was like, but I don't really play what you want to play and you don't want to play what I want to play. And he's like, no, no, we'll make it work. (laughs) We tried it for an afternoon and we couldn't make it work. But needless to say, Jim burnt me two CDs. One of them was Strung Out. Yeah. I believe the album was Exit Into Oblivion. Yeah. And... You could tell me any title right now and I'd just be like, yep, cool. (laughs) And the other was... uh, I'm not going to say Reviled. It was an alright album. It was Black Audio, Black with a Q. And I'm going to leave you up to figure out where the Q goes. (laughs) It's It's at the start of Black... Yeah, it's a silent cue. (laughs) (laughs) And so, of course, Black Audio, for those of you playing at home, is AFI frontman Davey Havoc's side project. With the the drummer? Guitarist. Guitarist, from No Doubt. No, the guitarist from AFI. Fuck. All right. It's, what's his name, Jade? Oh, Jade Puget? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's their their electronica... That's right, because Side then Davey did something with, with the No Doubt guy, which was, like, really cool. No, with, with the other members of No Doubt, except for Gwen Stefani. Yes. I'm pretty sure it was all of them. It was kind of like how, um, uh, what's his name from Soundgarden? Chris Cornell. Yes. Got together with the Rage Against the Machine guys, except for Zach De La Rocca, and they formed Audio Slave. Yes. Just, you know, a little, uh, you know. Bands. Bands, you know. But, yeah, so they, they did this kind of... We only heard the one song, but they did a really kind of... It was a kind of cool sort of new wavy... Yeah. It was pretty cool. Black Audio was not cool. Yep, so... An American electronic music duo formed by current AFI members Davey Havoc and Jade Puget under Interscope Records. And also the strung out album that I got from best friend Jim was Exile in Oblivion. Which is exactly what you told me. I, I said think. Exit into Oblivion. Uh- <laughs> so pretty close, I guess... <laughs> Me just showing my chops as a punk aficionado. What's the band called against? String Exit? Yes. Yeah. To be fair, or fair, to be honest, I thought Strung Out, it sounds like the name that like a strings cover band would call themselves. Like A strings cover, yeah, cover band that covers like, well, there's the there was the strings cover band that did a lot of Metallica. I think they were called Apocalyptica. Yeah. And then there's the Vitamin String Quartet who covered 
everything. Like, yeah. Blink, My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy. Like, they've just done so many tributes to different bands. And then there was the other ones that did, like, lullabies. Yeah. To, again, bands like Metallica. Yeah. So, yeah, I heard Strung Out and I was like, ah, that's kind of fun, but that's not at all what we're dealing with. So I wasn't that big into black audio, but I really actually dug Exile in Oblivion. Yes. Yep. Strung Excellent. Out. Excellent. It was pretty great. And yeah, they're not a cover band. No. Fortunately not. not, because I don't know how much string covers I could take. Yeah, I went through a patch where I didn't mind listening to like entire albums of string covers, but it's It's one of those things I feel as though I would listen to the first like like a string cover of Enter Sandman, go, aha, that's cool, and then I'd move on. We should use that for the wedding march. Ah. <laughs> we shouldn't. Enter Sandman. I can't even picture in my head how Enter Sandman goes right now. So, again, you could just sing me any melody. I'd be like, yep, that's it. I, don't, I really don't want to sing. No. I really don't want to sing right now. That's all right. Yeah. Sorry, folks. So, Strung Out. They're a punk rock band from Simi Valley, California. And they were formed... A little bit ambiguous as to what year exactly they were formed. Wikipedia says 1990... They also say 1991, a bit later on. It might have been like a late 1990. But what? then, Spotify mentioned 1989, which tends to... That would be my inclination. Because, Over the band? What? Over the band saying 1991? The band didn't say 1991. Uh, who, who was saying 1991? Wikipedia. Oh, I thought Wikipedia was saying 1990. No, they... was saying 1991, and then Spotify saying 1989. No. Okay. okay. Wikipedia had 1990 and 1991, the same Wikipedia entry, which is oh. why it's so confusing. But then, the Spotify profile, which appears to have been penned by Steve Huey and Neil Z. Jung from All Music, I believe? Yep. They mentioned 1981, which would tie in to the fact that they celebrated their 20-year anniversary in 2009. Fair enough. Which is backed up by the likes of Killy Stereo and PunkNews.org. Which means they're having their 30th anniversary this year. Exactly. Ah, I know maths. Yeah. So, congratulations to Strung Out. One plus one equals... Two. A window, you fool. So, Wikipedia, even though I really shouldn't be trusting them after their terrible copy with regards to what year the band formed. They describe Strung Out as a blend of melodic punk rock, progressive rock, and heavy metal. And they were one of the first bands to be signed to Fat Records. Fat Rec Chords? I never know. Do you pronounce it Fat Rec Chords or Fat Records? Records. Fat Records. Rec Chords. Because still, it's still Rec and Chords. Fair. Fat... I think I've been listening to too many, like, American slash Canadian, not labels, podcasters talking about records. (laughs) Fat records. Records. So, yeah. Fat Records, which is owned by Fat Mike from the band NoFX. Hey, you know, I feel like like Fat Mike's a little bit hard on himself. Good on him for owning it. Fat's not a bad thing. Fat's just, it is what it is. Fair. But, you know... Have some more self-esteem. No, you're right. He's owning it. Who's to say he doesn't have self-esteem? Is that, I'm fat and it's cool. I'm fat. Look, it, yeah. It's that classic thing of like, 
when you mention to someone that you're fat and they're like, oh, no, but you're beautiful. It's like, I know. I'm those two things at the both. same time. You can be both. I hold those two things equally true. This is this is a body positivity podcast. Yeah. Where we talk about how fat we are. <laughs> <laughs> And how and, that's okay. And then compliment each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're beautiful. I know. Bitch, I know. Don't call me bitch. Hey. So, yes, fat records. 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 Fuck. Fat Mike. I, again, I never really fucked with no effects when no. I was younger. I had the the album, and I it was in the title. I should have known, but I'm not big into live albums. No. But I owned I Hear They Suck Live. Their live album was that a hand me down from your brother? Or? No, I actually bought no. I actually bought that from a Sanity Records. Yes, and it was yeah. Again, I'm not big into live albums, so yeah, I bought it and was kind of like ah. What prompted you to buy it? Because I wanted to get into No Effects. Gotcha. Because at the time they were they were another one that you know people listened to. Yeah, and. I was like, well, I want to get into this band, so I'll buy an album. And I think they had maybe either the one or it was the first one I picked up, but it was, yeah, a live album. And it said, I hear they suck live. That should have been me going, well, that's a live album and I don't fuck with live albums. Yeah. But I fucked with it and didn't really give it much much of a chance. You live and learn, I suppose. And I probably still wouldn't give it much of a chance because, again, I don't like live albums. No. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know. To me, a live performance is best consumed in person. Yeah, At absolutely. an actual concert. But I'll still watch a video of a live performance. Oh, I love, like, live concert, like, videos, like, yeah. properly produced ones, like, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, but listening to it, it's like, well, I could just listen to the very clean and produced version of this. Yeah. The only thing you're going to get is, again, because they were a funny band... They yeah. were like Blink like Blink One Eighty Two's The Mark Tom and Travis show. Yes. And yeah. there was about forty five songs from the Mark Tom and Travis show that was just Mark and Tom <laughs> telling dick jokes on stage. Yeah. And my parents got sick of hearing that album <laughs> as we travelled around the state of Tasmania <laughs> because their CDs got stolen in Tasmania and mine didn't because I took them into the room with me. Oh no. So all we had to listen to was Newfound Glory, <laughs> Alistair, Rufio, Blink. I was fourteen at the time, and yeah, I we would we would get pretty. I we would get to the point where like the, they would start doing like the silly stuff, and I would turn it off pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. sort of like the equivalent of when you're watching a movie with your parents and the sex scene oh. comes on. I always used to just conveniently excuse myself to the kitchen, yeah. like, "Oh, I'm really thirsty. I'm just gonna go get a drink." Yeah. And everyone knew what was going on. Yeah. They knew why you were leaving and they yeah. weren't going to argue with you. No. It was like, nah, that's fine. It, it was better off that way, I think. Just don't ask, don't tell. Like, yeah. When I tried watching Blue Velvet for university and I was watching it down at my parents' place and it was it was kind of late at night and I was just... And mum kept coming in and she would... And what mum does is she'll sit down and she'll watch with me. <laughs> And there's just like, there's Isabella Rossellini having a pretty uncomfortable scene in that. And I'm like, I'd really prefer it if you weren't, if you weren't <laughs> sitting here watching this. Again, yeah. shout out to Sam's mum. Yeah. She seems to come up a lot at the moment, which I, I have zero problem with because your mum is the best. So. What can I say? I love my mum. I think I've said this already, but we should get her on the pod. 
but they're not clearing, clearing. They're not covering any clear. <sighs> they're not covering any credence. Clearwater any, revival. CCR. Any vicar and Linda. That's true. She likes her vicar and Linda. Who doesn't like their vicar and Linda? Yeah. That's a deep cut. Anyway. Wasn't there a time when your mum's car got broken into and they stole a bunch of stuff, but they left? That was Tasmania. So... <laughs> they left... The the one CD that they left was Joe Cocker. Joe... <laughs> That's right. I couldn't remember and she was... All, like, Dad was furious because his stuff had been stolen. Someone had gone through his car and had gone through his personal space. And Mum was just like, Ah, oh, bastards. They don't like Joe Cocker. <laughs> Which, to be fair, Joe Cocker slaps. Like, that's... Yeah. That... Yeah. Whoever broke into their car had <laughs> awful taste in music, obviously. So your mum was very justified in being upset by that. Yeah. But anyway, we should probably get back on topic or else this will very well end up being another 90 minute. Sometimes she would get into the music that I listened to, though. So she oh, yeah. got into Marilyn Manson for a what? bit. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> She got into Queens of the Stone Age for a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, Dad got into Less Than Jake. Dad got really into Less Than Jake. He oh. wanted me to he wanted me to burn my Less Than Jake CDs for him. What? Yeah. Oh my god. He, re- he Dad really got into Less Than Jake. Can we please Could you imagine my dad in Just like Dickies, Dickies, knee high socks, Just bands, skanking it so right to checkered shirt. Less than Jake. And he's got, like, the big... Oh, he can't now because he doesn't have the hair for it, but he's got, like, the big sort of, like, rockabilly quaff. But he just needs a fedora. Like a... Oh, yeah. Like a pork pie kind well, he does. Of... He does wear hats. Oh, that... Man. We should get your dad back into Scar. Oh. That would be amazing. Take him to some shows. That would be hilarious. Oh. I hey. wish I had been around for that patch of your dad's musical taste. That's incredible. Um, and that's funny. Like, I hadn't really... I only just remember that now. <laughs> Bringing all this up. This is therapy. Oh, no. Don't put that on me. <laughs> this was this was at a stage as well where I wasn't so young where I was just like, oh, my parents are trying to be cool. They're idiots. I was like, oh, I'll burn you some less than Jake. Yeah. Yeah, you want it? That's fine. You can listen to it in the car. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Strung out. Strung out. Velvet Alley. So, a bit more info about the band. They're still very much active. Well... As we mentioned, 30 years. 30 years strong. That's incredible. And they recently announced an upcoming album entitled Songs of Armour and Devotion, which will be released August 9. So we've been listening to a little bit of Strung Out. Not too much. But if they were to announce an Australian tour, would you come over? Would you go Would you go see them? No. No? <laughs> oh I, look, like they're good, but they're not really my wheelhouse. I wouldn't shell out money to go watch. Sorry, guy. Like, nothing personal. Fair enough. I just don't have very much money. That's fair. Yeah. If you don't really know the bands that well, then what's the point? I'm trying to think what the... Like, in terms of the concerts I've been to, which one would have been the show where I was, like, the least familiar with the artists? Hmm. Discography, if that makes sense. But off the top I, of my head, I can't think of any. I did that. Like, when I went and saw Anal Nathrak this year, I, I'd gone through their discography and, you know, given their new album a couple of listens. Mm. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, I, you know, know them back to front. Yeah. But I still went and saw them and it was still a killer show. Yeah. 
Honestly, I think for me it was probably um, Ariana Grande. Yeah, you I, you kind of almost went into Ariana Grande not liking Ariana Grande. Yeah. And you came out loving Ariana Grande. Yeah, like she is amazing. But strung out. I did a quick check of their Spotify profile and they are approaching 227,000 monthly listeners, which and that is uh, that's no small change. Nah, that's pretty, that's pretty well, decent. In terms of Spotify revenue, it's small change, but that's yeah. still good. Like, jeez. Yeah. Good on them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. For a band who I feel as though never really got like the mainstream success. Yeah. I mean, when I when we first did this, and I was like, okay, so we're going to be doing Strung Out. And you were like, well, Strung Out. And I was like, tell me more about this violin string yeah. cover band. Yeah. And yeah. Apparent, from what I understand of them, they, they've been more of a slow burn kind of one. Like, they've yeah. developed a steady fan base... They tend to do, like, your Vans Warp Tours. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they never really, like, skyrocketed to the same heights as some of their peers, for instance, like Propagandi and that kind of thing. Well, I also... It's probably really a wrong comparison to make. I kind of... They kind of have a similar sort of sound and feel to Rise Against. Yes. Yeah. Um, who, even though came out almost ten years after... Well, no, it would be about ten years after... Because mm-hmm. it says that they started in 99. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know, it's this sort of like, I don't want to say clean punk sound, but it's kind of is like a clean punk sound that, you know, really catchy and, you know, choruses that you can sing. Um, and yeah, like it just, it has a Rise Against feel, but Rise Against got really popular. Yeah. It had, it had their, they had a really bright burning star for, yeah. for a short period of time. I don't want to say short period of time. I, you know, they'll, they still have their fans and whatnot. Mm. But yeah, they again rise against. I never really listened much to them beyond like "Swing Life Away," like those obvious sort of singles. But yeah, yeah to me, rise against is sort of like the glossier version of "Strong <laughs> yeah, Out." Yeah. yeah, they're the more they're probably more overproduced and not necessarily overproduced, but just they no. they have that sheen to their production that, value. Yeah, but they. They do a cover of Any Way You Want It. Is that coming up in our... No. No. But we we can play that at our wedding. All right. All right. Sounds good. So, Velvet Alley. Yes. Give me your thoughts on the original. Um, it's fine. And, like, not in a horrible way. It's good. I enjoyed listening to it, but even now, sitting here, I can't pick... Ah, oh, I can only just remember the melody of it really yeah because i really liked it oh like i don't hate it no and and, and like we're allowed to have our own opinions i'm <laughs> just, and i'm just saying like i really liked it i'm gonna cop shit for this later aren't i yeah you're just gonna ignore me all day yeah the cold shoulder you're not gonna drive me to the train on monday when i inevitably need a lift well i'm working at 6 a.m on monday oh. so no i won't be <laughs> but no i'll um, take off work just so i can drive you <laughs> Yeah. Less than a kilometer we'll lose away. one half of our dual income so that I can get to work on time. <laughs> That's terrible. So, yeah, like, it's a good song. Um, and now the more I think about it, I can pick up the melody again. Like, eh, but... Hey, if, you, if you're not that into it, like... Well, that, like, it's... That's the thing. Own it's like, it. it's... Like, Fat Mike owns his morbid fatness. obesity. Hey. <laughs> Fuck the BMI scale is all I have to say yeah. on that. Um... 
yeah, it's a good song. Not really something I'm going to add to my regular rotation. Same goes for the band. Like, they're very talented. I can imagine just sort of having them on in the background and listening, but at the same time, I guess because I'm also very much a specialist, not in terms of, like, what I know about bands, but, like, the way I consume music is I have my favourite bands and I don't deviate too much from that purely because I tend to get way too, like, involved with things. Which I'm sure you discovered when I made, like, three different renditions of our logo this past week. Like, staying, like, working late on them, like, Mm. re-exporting and re... Like, when I'm hooked into something, I am 100% there. Like, I don't really do it half-assed. No, not at all. You use your whole ass. I do. And I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, I think... Like, had I come across this band in high school, I would have just been like, eh, because it didn't really fit my taste. Fair enough. And then I would have just moved back to my regular schedule of whatever else I listened to. So you listen to exactly four and a half bands. Yeah. 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 I That's one of those features on Spotify I absolutely adore, is the, you might like this, because that's how I find a lot of other bands. I, yeah. I put in, I, I put in a... I watched the the Banger TV uh, web series on YouTube and they review metal albums and then mm-hmm. they'll say, at the end of a review, they'll go shout-outs so then they'll have more bands. Yeah. And so I discover a band that way and then from that I'll then do the, well, you like this. Yeah. So you might like this, which, you know. I'm terrible with that. Like the Spotify Discover Weekly playlists, I just don't listen to them. I don't do playlists because... The, the sort of playlists for they, the music that they think I want to listen to is not the music I want to listen to. I don't want to listen to Disturbed and Slipknot, so don't, <laughs> don't recommend me Disturbed and Slipknot. Yeah. Okay? I like, I'm starting to try and branch out a bit, but I'm just uncomfortable. I like being boring. And, like, there was a patch back in, God, 2016, I think, when Blink-182 released California, And, like, me and my friend Susie, we still, like, chuckle over this because we worked together at the time. And we were working together on a project. And every time she came over to check in on how I was going with it, I'd pull up Spotify to pause it. And I was just listening to that one album. And this was over maybe a fortnight or so. was just every time she was like, oh, blink again. I was like, yep. (laughs) You'd be good to review because that's what you need to do for reviewing. Oh, yeah. You need to listen to an album multiple times. yeah. So it's and understand the music, I guess, a bit better. But, you know. Well, that's yeah. I don't have the technical chops to be able to review anything beyond this is good. But um, yeah. So I don't know. Spotify, I don't utilize it as well as I can because it's literally just search button Taylor Swift or Fallout Boy or Blink One Eighty Two or and then just the same albums over and over again. And I'm the schmuck who uses Spotify for free, so. That's true. You are a Spotify pleb. I am. Pleb? Pleb. 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 It is funny every time I play from my account and an ad comes on and you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't have that premium. I just sit there. I pay for too many things, though. Yeah. Already. I pay for Stan. I'm now paying for Amazon Prime. I pay for WWE Network. I pay for the New Japan Network. (laughs) Every year I renew my PlayStation, PlayStation subscription. Yeah. If Nintendo Online gets better, I'll probably pay for that. It's yet another thing. 
that good on you for paying though like that's what everyone should be doing is like pay your content creators oh yeah yeah I'm pay fine. us guys pay us some money we'll be sending you all return address stamped envelopes you can just send us a few bucks cool we won't I, be doing that i want that money but yeah like yeah i pay for spotify because a i hate the ads but b i don't really buy cds anymore so that's yeah my very tiny contribution aside from merch and tickets and and it also you get to download your music and See, again, I don't even use the download. Th- like, I just... But on your also on your... I, I don't know if they've changed it, but I remember on the phone, you couldn't... If I wanted to play an album, they would randomise the songs. And it was like, well, if you pay for it, it won't randomise the That's songs. That's yeah. So. Anyway. Anyway. Velvet Alley. You... you uh, I'm indi- Like, not indifferent to it, because it's good, but... You're lukewarm on it. Yeah. I really, I really dig it. I'm cool. I'm into it. I it it's it has a pleasing sound that yeah. pleases my ears. Yeah. You know, it takes me back. It has a sound that takes me back to 2003. Yeah. Side note: I'm pretty sure that if I was to go back into my old bedroom mm-hmm. from when I was 13 to 14, mm-hmm. I chugged some vanilla coke. Oh my god. And aerated the room with some Lynx Java. Oh god. The deodorant. Gross. And played Pennywise's About Time album. I'm pretty sure I'd go back in time. Yeah. Pretty sure I would time. Like, literally, I would become a 13-year-old again. Oh, man. And that terrifies me. That's why I won't do it, because I don't want to be 13 again. <laughs> do not want to go through that again. Uh, yeah. Look, I miss being younger in terms of not being 28 years old and not marching towards death eventually. My body just hurts. My body hurts. I know. Like, yeah, I miss the youthful aspect of it, but I absolutely do not miss being a teenager. No. Like, living in my head at that time was the pits, so... What if I did one thing that altered me meeting you? Aww. You know, wouldn't want to take that risk. This is true. So. Because the way we did meet was very by chance. It was. Funnily enough, we met at a radio course. We did. We met at Sin Radio, which is a studio in the Melbourne CBD that was housed at RMIT on campus. Yeah. Now it's a little bit further down the road, I believe. Yeah, I think they moved. Um, and it's a, yeah, community radio station. So for, what's it called? The Something Youth Network. Student Youth Network. Thank you, duh. Um, so yeah, I think ages 18 to 25 mostly. Basically, once you're over 25... Like 26. 26, that's right. After yeah. that, you're out. But, um... Yeah, like, just unceremoniously, it is, you're done. Which, look... That's fair enough. That's it's, a, for, it's for youth. It's in yeah. the name. It's it's for youth. Youths. Um... I just got into it more when I was older. Yeah, So I didn't, I didn't have much time with it. Yeah. But, yeah, we... By fluke, I think, Sam, you were supposed to be in a... Earlier radio. So I was supposed to do the August one, and they said, oh, we accidentally double booked it, and it's too full. Do you mind doing the September one? And then the rest is history. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Velvet Alley. I'm already getting pretty mushy here, Aww. so... Yeah. Uh, no, I just think that it's it's a good sound. Yeah. I it's It has stuck with me. It's been in my brain. Cool. You know? What more can you want? You know, I want more stuff in my brain. Put a person in there, a little man. 
Why? I don't know. Could be fun. <laughs> um, so Velvet Alley was released in 2002 on their album An American Paradox, which, of course, was Fat Records. Fat Records. Fat Records. Fat Records. I'm sticking with it. Fine. Fat Records. Good. Chords. Do it. It was the band's fourth album, and tying back to our previous comments about their commercial success, it was their first album to chart on the US Billboard 200 and peaked at number 185. Hey, good going, guys. Yeah, not yeah. shabby at all. Yeah, good on you. Um, so, yeah, not a. This could be due to my lack of research skills, but yeah, I couldn't find a heap of reception online, but. Um, all Music's Joanne Green rated the album four out of five stars. So in her words, An American Paradox finds the group as hard-hitting as ever, their music still a machine gun fire of heavy-hitting sounds, blending hardcore punk and lashings of metal, frothed with harmonies and whipped up by the strong melodies. It kind of sounds like she's writing a recipe. Oh, frothed. Yeah, froths. Frothed. Froth. Whipped, whipped up. Whip, she she loves her um, frappes, obviously. Yeah. Loves a good frothy whipped or, up you know, whip, beverage. whipped egg whites. Or cream. You whip the egg whites until they're frothy peaks. Ugh, yeah. That's for bacon. I know it is, but froth is just not a great word. Froth. Frothing your star. Froth. Froth. It's definitely in exile in oblivion. Yeah. Um... That metal sound comes across a bit more as well. It's a bit more prevalent. Yeah. And I was talking with you off camera, off, off microphone. Camera. <laughs> yeah. Also, yes, we have a camera just just for our own. Again, we're going to sell it for money later. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> uh, off microphone, I was talking about this. Like a few other bands had this sort of thing, like starting off in the '90s, having a punk sound, yeah, and then taking on another sort of genre, taking on another element to their sound, while staying pretty true to punk, yeah, and basically being the better for it. So they yeah. took on their the metal, the kind of prog sound, you know, refused. Yes, also had that kind of proggy kind of electronic delvings. Yeah, AFI. Probably, oh. probably the, the the most well known out of those three. Because was it Sing the Sorrow that first went into that sort of electro, yeah. not electro, not, but like there are a couple of little elements, like sampling, also, kind of like yeah. But they were also they were also very much uh, just a punk band. Yeah, like three chord sort of like scrappy punk. Until Jade oh, Pooja yeah. came in, and I think uh, Sing the Sorrow might have been his first or second album and apparently he was the big influence for their shift. Oh, cool. In, in sound and in style. Oh, well, I have him to thank them because, <laughs> yeah, I first got into them via December Underground, which was sick. But, um... And then, yeah, backtracking Sing the Sorrow was sick, but those are pretty much the two albums I rely on, It's kind of weird because I basically listen to nothing from my early high school days. I listen to nothing anymore. Like I don't oh. listen I don't listen to Newfound. I only listen to Blink when we're in the car together. Yeah, because I, I'm in the car. <laughs> I know that that's well, you know, I enjoy it. That's we true, we yeah. that was one of the best shows we've ever been to was oh. a Blink 182 show. Yes. And um yeah, I don't really listen to the stuff that I listen to, you know, between the ages of 13 to 14. I don't listen to Mill and Colin and Pennywise anymore. But I will still listen to Sing the Sorrow. Oh, it's such a good album. That album still just, it bangs. Yeah. 
and it stomps and it just absolutely it rips and i remembered still still to this day the rumor that davy havoc was gay because on a poster he was holding hands with the drummer That's... and i i think i held hands with with the person saying that he was gay and i'm like so what do you what do you think you want to go on a date or something get ah uh, what a time what a time for people to be so fucking terrible about sexuality like and he also had like the long hair and was wearing and i think this was just on the cusp just on the cusp of emo yeah so oh, dudes were not time... really wearing eye makeup but they were just about to yeah by the time december underground rolled around like oh he, he had the huge fringe which and i copied fake eyelashes blue icy blue colored eyeshadow which was choice but yeah if it, i obviously this is not the case i'm sure but I can't help but feel as if the emo slash scene movement deserves a little bit of credit for, like, that whole making gender bending, making gender nonconformity more palatable and more normalised as it should be. And I remember the thing was skinny jeans. Yes. But for boys, how do you get the skinniest jeans? Women's. Wear girls' jeans. Yeah. Yeah. So... I never got into skinny jeans. I loved a good skinny yeah, jean, but I could never find them. I still enjoyed my just my baggy jeans. Yeah. I still enjoyed to have a bit of movement. I never really got into skinnies. Yeah, I loved them. Even though I've got the legs for them. You do. But, yeah. They're very I just, shapely legs. I just, I like a bit of movement. Yeah. My leg. That's fair. I love a good skinny. I hope they never go out of fashion, because they are the most flattering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, that's a little, another side track off of... That's fine. Um, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. So the lyrics of the song, I'm picking up that it's a breakup song. They, it seems to be that it's two people that are having communication issues, two people that don't understand each other, yeah. but still feel something for one another. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it seems like... I, I'm not sure if it's the lead singer if, if, or if one of the members of the band, if it's a personal experience, because it kind of feels a bit personal. It's sort of, it's, it's explaining, you don't understand me, I want to understand you, but you won't tell me who you are. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what I'm getting from, from the, this song, uh, and also astronauts, because apparently... This person went to the moon. <laughs> We've had this talk offline as well, but continue, please. Well, there's a, just a bit about how you should have never gone to the moon and never gone to space, and I don't quite understand it. You you said that it's it's about you know separation, and then you questioned my creative writing degree. Which I'm looking at right now. I did. That's not fair. You didn't question it, but you're like, you're the one with the creative writing. I think that's a fair comment. Degree. The, the whole point of being creative with your writing is alluding to things and simile and metaphor. And just because they sing about like you show me, don't tell me what's going on inside your little world. You should have never landed on the moon. You heard we never reached the sky. Like he's basically saying like our relationship. You're closed off. Yes, which is what I told you before we started recording, so you're welcome. But, like, we never reached the sky. Like, their relationship never took off. It never reached the heights that it could have. Yeah. Like, not everything has to I be agree. face value. 
Aren't we smart? Oh, yes. Aren't we smart? Mr. Creative Writing. No, that's not. Hey, as Freud said, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. But that's also because he kept talking about dicks. Yeah. And he liked to smoke a cigar. And someone was like, hey, have you noticed that a cigar is kind of phallic? And he's just like, ah, sometimes cigar is just cigar. And then he said... How do you like my Freud impression? It's wonderful. Sometimes... You should take ecstasy to be happy. What? He had a thing about like cocaine or ecstasy for for women and menstruation. He was he was Ah, oh, Freud. <laughs> Freud. He looks like my dad. No. So no, I agree. Like the lyrics are clever. Like they I agree that they are to do with a relationship breakdown and very sort of verbose. Like, but, um, what's the word? Like, they're very sort of eloquent. Like, it's not, they're very well-considered, well-thought-out sort of lyrics. I appreciate that it isn't just, you dumped me, how dare you, or we didn't work out, how dare us. Going back to last week's song, there was basically nothing beneath the surface lyrically in You Belong With Me, but there's something a little bit more underneath the surface i'm not dissing your song i'm just saying that there's just there was lyrically there's nothing very creative about that and this there is something a little bit more creative about that sure but yeah should i get my knife out of your back now you should how dare you i'm going to write a lengthy tumblr post about you and get all my no not tumblr to pile on no not tumblr but what about all the I don't know. I've never been on Tumblr before. (laughs) So, yeah. I think we can move on to the acoustic cover now. The acoustic. Show me, don't tell me what's going on inside your little world. Is that we never landed on the moon? We never reached the sky. So the acoustic cover appeared on Punk Goes Acoustic, the third Punk Goes compilation. So that's a neat little tie-in that this is our third episode. Oh, ah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And it came out in 2003rd. <laughs> it was released on October 21st, 2003. Um, All Music, once again, are delivering the goods via another review of the album in full. So unfortunately I couldn't find much on just the acoustic song itself, but... Uh, Johnny Loftus from All Music gave the Punk Goes Acoustic three stars. The Punk Goes Acoustic comp, I should say, three stars. And summed it up as a gaggle of youthful punk revivalists unplugging the patch chords and turning up the acoustics with passably entertaining results. So. Sounds like he enjoyed it. It was kind of on the same level as you. Uh, Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think he was like, oh yeah, sure. The concept itself is good. Some of it's good. Some of it's a bit meh. Yeah. So, um, he also did call the Punk Goes series gimmicky, which I thought was pretty funny. But it kind of is. But at it the is. same time, like it's a good one. So <laughs> it's a good gimmick. Yeah. So, what do you think of the acoustic cover? Again, I like it. I like it more than the original. I. It's. I mean, it's it's definitely you can feel the the sort of sadness in it. Yeah. 
you know, it's not, I kind of, my brain sort of tells me, oh, acoustics is going to suddenly become happy. Well, that's not the case. Like, this is still... That's really interesting that that's your read on... I think because my, my sort of, my brain automatically goes to, with acoustic songs, Kumbaya. <laughs> or like, um, Classical Jason gas. Mraz or something like that. Classical gas. So I, like I said before, I prefer the acoustic cover over the original, I think. And look, again, that probably just comes down to our individual tastes. Like, to me, it's a very thoughtful cover of it. Like, it's not just a exact note for note. They're not trying to replicate the same force or the same energy of the other one. Like, they sort of make use of the acoustic sound the acoustic vibe, if you will, to, yeah, give it a bit more of, like, a sombre feel as opposed to the original one. That's very true. Mm. I think if I was a bit more down in the dumps and wanted to hear something sad, I would probably go with the acoustic version. Yeah. I just, I appreciate the the musicianship of the original. You know, I appreciate, I just, I like a big band. Yeah. A good big band, and that's a good big band. I do think that musician trip... Musician trip? That musician... Ship. Musicianship. I do think that translates over to the acoustic one. Oh, absolutely. Like, they still very much... They're very, um... Considered with how they arranged it. Yeah. Like, I could be wrong, but was there, like, some sort of strings in the background? Or, like, some sort of... There might have been some... Like, yeah, maybe a violin just sort of somberly playing. Which I thought that was a really nice touch, because in the if absence it, if it of is a... In there. Yeah, yeah. Look, I could be wrong. But, like, in the absence of a full band fleshing out the sound with just something going on in the background, like, that was a really nice way to do it. Because there's no percussion in it? No. So... And that's the thing, is, because the original song, it does sort of open into quite a fast, like... Mm. thing but to me the acoustic version it doesn't feel like it's lacking for not having that no no that's true yeah maybe i just like distortion and drums maybe and bass which doesn't have any of those so true yeah Um, it blew my mind the first time i found out that you can get an acoustic bass guitar oh yeah you can it's wild it is music's wild man yeah yeah. Look, that can pretty much just be the summary of our podcast. Is music's wild. Music's wild. <laughs> but I have a question for you. I asked you this. Sure. Off. Off screen. Yes. Yep. But I'm going to ask you again. Okay. What makes for a good cover? Is it is it sticking as closely to the original as possible, or making something new out of it? I think it can be both. Like, I sort of view it as, like, two ends of a spectrum of what makes a cover good. It's like, you either stick fairly rigidly to the original itself, like, try to do a true rendition of it. Obviously, add your own stank on it as whatever band you are. Like, well, like, for instance, in last week's episode, like, Taylor Swift, if that had been, like, a pop-punk band, just very closely covering the musicality of it, like, the melodies and all that, but it's still pop punk. I would find that very delightful. Um, Which we kind of found that with the other ones. Yeah. Not, not the for, for all those sleeping covers. No. But like, I think 
yeah, there's a way to do it that isn't just being lazy because it's hard because I can see some, I can imagine some people would be like, but then what's the point of covering it if the original is already so good? But I think you can still do it in a way that does justice to the original but still makes it fresh or like slightly different in genre or sound. And then on the other end of the equation, I love when a band fully, like they still have the song and the elements and everything, but they just make it completely, not completely new, but like fresh, like very different. Like for me, a good example would be um, The Vines and their cover of The Veronica's Forever. Like it's, oh, okay. at like, whereas the original one is like a very sort of upper pitch, like, bow, 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 like, the vines turn it into this really cool, like, four-on-the-floor kind of stomping indie kind of track, and it's just cool. Like, it's still the same... Yeah. Like, it's the same sort of energy, but it just makes it kind of cool and funky. I like it. Or, like, or a more overplayed, now overdone version would be Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, and that's the thing, is like it still captures that same essence, but... To the point that it might almost be more popular than the original. Which, yeah. Again, it's a great song, but it's like every time you need something to be sombre in a movie or a TV show, they basically play that song. Oh, yeah. But then another version, another instance of the other way around, a cover that's very close to the original, is Faith No More's Easy by Lionel Richie. so good. And again, like to me... Like, it stays very true to the original, but it still has that faith no more yeah. stank to it, which I really like. Yeah. I need to find a better word than stank, but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, no. Stank's a good word, though. <laughs> Gets your point across. Yeah. Like, I like when a band can sort of pay tribute in that way, of making it very technically close, but when they've already got their own sort of sound that they are known for, like, it's a really cool way to blend the two. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. So what about you? What do you think makes a good cover? I feel like the spirit of having the spirit of the original. Yeah. It's probably going to be what you said. Oh, the right. spirit of the original, but putting your own. Stank. Stank. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, again, you know, another one, another very famous one was uh, Smooth Criminal. By, oh. done by Alien Ant Farm. Yep. And I know that Michael Jackson is very, very, very problematic. Mm. We're not going to talk about him or his character. We're just going to say that, you know, they, Alien Ant Farm, did it enough that you know that it's smooth criminal, but it's also very clearly, well, I mean, very, very clearly, it's another band doing it, and you can tell mm. it's their style, and yeah. this is who they are, and you know exactly who they are just by listening to this song. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know, I just, yeah. And in some cases, like the easy version, it might might have been a song that hadn't really been played much over the last few years. Faith No More covers it. People yeah. look at it and go, oh, Faith uh, Easy, originally by Lionel Richie. Oh, well, I'll go and listen to the Lionel Richie version. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. It's, I, yeah. The more I think about, like, what makes a good cover, it can be kind of hard to pinpoint. Like, there's just... Well, like, what was, God, what was the first episode we did um, all those years ago? Heaven is a Place on Earth. Yeah, like, it was, 
tech like close in sound and everything like very closely mirrored it but there was just something about it that just didn't have the it lacked spirit it didn't have the oomph like that so yeah whereas the other the other covers and stuff that we listened yeah. to yeah especially that mxpx one i've listened to that since oh, recording nice. this album yeah this, this album <laughs> this podcast yeah it, my, my words that's all right so yeah it's I feel like, yeah, it's one of those things you can very easily be like, well, this is what I think makes a good cover, but until you're listening to one, it just it needs to have that sort of special something that makes you go, yes, like, they actually give a shit about doing this. They're putting in... Like, they're giving the original the care that it deserves, I suppose. Can you think of an example of a really bad cover? Um... Ooh. I'm sure I can, but not off, like the top of my head no um i know that avril did a really bad metallica cover <laughs> of course she did and yeah. it's like why why were you why were you covering metallica <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like covers are a relatively easy thing to get away with because part of the selling point is oh yeah i know this one yeah like, oh, that's funny. You're covering this really... You're covering this really poppy song and you're using distortion and a kick drum. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's... Yeah, I guess that's why it's so popular to do covers. Like, be it just at a live show or to record them proper. Like, because... Yeah, just that jolt of recognition. Like, that in itself is entertaining. Yeah. Um. But, yeah... Oh, now I'm kind of pressed to find... Like, I want to... You don't to. really. Like, I'm not... I know, I know. But just for more for myself, I, I'm sure I've heard covers where I'm like, oh, this is rubbish, but I genuinely can't think of anything right now. I mean, well, case in point for all those sleeping, <sighs> covering yeah. Taylor Swift last week, that was not... That was not great. And that, look, that on my end is very biased because that entire genre of getting a song covering it having a first few bars sound very close to the original and like oh yeah i know what this is going to be and then it um pivoting into like like i don't find that appealing just at all yeah on the other side of the spectrum and uh, and you're talking about your bias i'm going to talk about my bias yeah so when i first discovered my favorite band in the world the black dahlia murder yes the first ever song i listened to was from their first demo they recorded a cover of Paint It Black. Oh, Rolling Stones. By the Rolling Stones. Yep. And it's pretty much what you'd imagine. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the high-pitched scream at that point, so it's yep. just like a very raspy kind of sort of high-pitched scream. Yeah. But still, it's what you can imagine from a Black Dahlia murder song. Yeah. And it's... I kind of love it. It's... Yeah. You know, it's not great. Yeah. It's not the best in the world, but I remember listening to it and going, oh, that's probably going to piss someone off. Yeah. <laughs> And it hasn't. I think people are just like, yeah, you know. Yeah. But don't forget, Madonna covered American Pie. Oh, that wasn't bad. I liked that. Britney Spears covered I Love Rock and Roll. That's not brilliant, but it's also still fun. That is not brilliant. Look, I I, I love Britney. Hashtag free Britney. I love her, so... Hashtag free Britney forever. I was was trying to come up with something funny, and then I remembered it's not a funny thing. It's not a funny thing. No. It's not a funny thing. Get out, get out, Brittany, get out. Yeah. We wish the best for you. We do. We love you. Well, I feel like we're at final thoughts. Maybe we can 
put our listeners out of their misery. It's been over an hour. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's been. Um, once we actually get this thing uploaded, this will be a lot easier, but we'd love to hear from you. Once yeah. we have this online, we'll... If if by the time episode three comes out, I hope by then we will have social media. Yeah. Um, probably Punk Goes Pod on most things, Facebook. I've got Instagram. You've set up an Instagram. Locked and loaded. A Twitter. Yep. If, if you're out there and you're listening, hello, first hello. off. It's me. Um, you know, solitary listener person there. Yep. Tell us what you think, what makes for a good cover song. Yeah. You know, we'd love to hear from you. If anyone is a fan of... Oh, Christ, what are they? Strung Out. Strung Out. Oh, God. Like, if anyone's a fan of Strung Out, do you have any cool stories or concert experiences or anecdotes? Yeah. Like, what's your experience with them? Why should people listen to them? Just why. Just why. Just why. Why indeed. But yeah, final thoughts. Hell yeah, or yeah nah? I guess it's not as cut and dried for this because we're looking at two versions of the same song. Why? No, 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 you go. You keep going. <laughs> Sam, for those of you playing at home, he moved his finger towards his face and I thought that was his... I've just got a thought, but I'm going to let you finish. Okay. But we've developed this thing where when our son... Does his business in his litter box. The first person to put their finger on their nose doesn't have to deal with it. So I thought that was a signal and I was about to get very cross. But (laughs) that's not the case. So, yeah, I think because we're comparing two versions of the one song from the one band, it's not as cut and dried. But, so for me, so the original one, it's not even a yeah, no, it's just a yeah. I was going to say. Yes. Could it not be a heck yeah? Why? Because heck yeah is a t- is a watered down version of hell yeah. So it's you weren't like you weren't you weren't saying this is an objectively bad song, but you also weren't saying this is a this is a song that I love. I'm tempted to take like Murray from Flight of the Concords, like his energy, and just make it like an oh yeah, okay, or like a yeah with like a question mark at the end. A yeah, the A factor. So for me, the original is like an oh yeah or like a yeah. Okay. Whereas the acoustic one is a hell yeah. Well, I'm just going to give both a hell yeah. Like, I, I, I know I said I didn't like the acoustic version as much. But again, it, it hits you with that sign, that kind of sorrow. You feel it. Yeah. You, you know that this person's gone through some shit. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully they've come out at the end better for the better, better people. But If not, knows? they got an excellent song out of it. Yeah. I appreciated it. And I appreciate you. Oh. And we appreciate you, the listener. We do. So, we I know I have this tough, cool exterior, like, I don't want listeners, but I am just a jelly donut in the middle. Just a big softy. Big, big soft. (laughs) That was my nickname in high school. What? Really? No. (laughs) Hey, big soft. Come here, let me touch your belly. So, on that note, we bid you farewell until next week when we will be... What is next week's song? Next week's song is Flagpole Sitter by Harvey Danger, as covered by the band Chiodos. Yes. Chiodos? Yeah. Bye! Let's get out of here. (laughs)